pandemics, global supply chain issues, cyberware attacks, inflation, the big quit. The list of disruptions goes on and on. We're living in a different world. It's more complex and moving faster than ever. This podcast is to help guide you through these turbulent times to ensure your organization can survive and thrive by becoming disruption proof. Hey everyone, welcome to the Disruption Proof podcast, uh, where we're talking about how to create a rad organization, resilient, aware, dynamic, changes needed, philosophies, exploration skills. Last time I spoke about the role of innovation labs or innovation teams, even inside of uh, these big, big companies. And, and really, I think that the there's a fundamental mission change uh, for these labs. And so I, I spoke a little bit last time about uh, what's driving those changes and, and fundamentally what, what is the innovation labs uh, output? What are they, what are they responsible for? And towards the end, uh, what we got to was this idea that uh, innovation labs need to evolve into a center of excellence. So this episode, I wanted to talk a little bit about what I mean by that and what is a center of excellence uh, with respect to uh, what innovation labs are doing and uh, maybe how, how, uh, how they can get there. So in, innovation labs have expertise, but it's not innovation. They don't invent, they don't invent new technology. They don't invent business models. Uh, what innovation labs do well is exploration work. And so this is their expertise. The exploration work involves talking to customers, but it's deeper than that. It's, you know, creating personas and, and uh, and looking at market segments in in sort of a non traditional market research way, it's developing empathy. It's understanding these customers uh, and other stakeholders, to be honest, deeply. Uh, it's testing assumptions. Uh, it's uh, rapid experimentation, uh, prototyping when necessary. Uh, it's using. Uh, data to help inform decisions. Um, it's acting in an iterative, agile fashion. This is the Innovation Lab's true expertise. And so what they excel at is exploration work. Well, it just so happens that uh, exploration is how organizations need to deal with uncertainty, and uncertainty is everywhere. Uncertainty is really everywhere in the world, uh, but certainly in our economy and in our businesses and throughout our organizations. And so it doesn't mean that there's massive amounts of uncertainty everywhere. The amount of uncertainty differs uh, in different parts of an organization. Uh, but you could just look at HR. HR is considered a, you know, a very execution back office function. We're going to do today what we did yesterday. And yet, the issues facing uh, 
big organizations around their employees are just incredible these days. The big quit, the the silent quit, uh, recruiting specifically or especially recruiting engineers, retention, uh, engagement of their employees, uh, burnout. I mean, the the number the, the issues are actually just quite extraordinary, and that's all brings uncertainty. And so, if you just look at these things as execution functions, you're not going to solve any of the problems, and you're going to continue to face all of these issues. And so, this is just a quick example of the fact that exploration exists and changes in every corner of the organization. And so, what if you've got your innovation labs? Well, they know how to deal with that. And so really, I think a center of excellence means that your innovation labs or your innovation team is responsible for the proselytization, proselytization and, the, and, the, and the spreading and the, and the teaching and coaching of exploration abilities, exploration skills. Um, and these are just, these skills are just requirements inside across the organization because of the digital age, the global connectedness, the speed of information and misinformation, the, the changing of customers' needs, changing of customers' environments. This exists in the B2B world as well as the B2C world. And so, uh, again, the innovation labs know that you actually have to take this customer-centric approach, testing assumptions, cutting through biases, using evidence to inform decision-making. Um, I think that... Uh, I don't know that this has been defined, but I think it's easy to understand that um, there's an ethical component that innovation needs to bring uh, as new technology emerges and as new technology is applied to companies, both just, you know, sort of plain old digital stuff, but AI, um, IoT, uh, anytime that you're developing solutions to customer needs. Um, behind a keyboard, you sort of have this danger of creating products and services and solutions that maybe cause some harm to your customers. And so we have to build ethics into the work. And then there's this idea of uh, focusing on the right metrics, which is super important and is different in the digital world. And yet this is kind of one of the hangovers from the analog world is how we measure uh, people's performance and how we measure project performance. And so this needs to be updated also in the digital age and is, I think, again, uh, the people that know this best are those that work in uh, innovation, innovation labs. So I, I, th I, think of, uh, I think of four phases that one might think about uh, introducing and, and spreading exploration ideas and exploration ability inside the organization. And the first phase I call is a, is a kickstart phase. And so here are some ideas on how you can begin the kickstarting of exploration uh, with the idea of spreading it around the, the, the entire organization. And the first is to form community. So, you know, it's a, weekly or monthly happy hour, it could be in-person or virtual, um, where you're uh, discussing different frameworks or how different companies are doing exploration or what are the challenges and 
And uh, so it's uh, finding like-minded people uh, to come together to talk about how the organization can be advanced with uh, these exploration skills and how to uh, grow it inside the company. Um, it's super important that you invite everybody. Uh, community is formed by based upon the you know, the shared need or shared desires of the community. And so if people don't buy into this, they'll won't join the community, but you really want to make it open. Uh, there's a company I know that sort of only creates their innovation community for people that have innovation in their title. And that's, that doesn't advance it very well inside the company. So be sure to invite everyone. And what's interesting is, is that they will come from, parts of the organization that you didn't expect and that you'll find that leaders uh, actually show up as well, which is super interesting because um, they may become your allies as you're trying to uh, get funding or to, to, when you're really trying to, to scale. Uh, start an internal channel. Uh, you know, if you're using a Slack or a Microsoft Teams or something like that, then and you're posting there regularly or a newsletter or you're sort of doing a newsletter on Slack. The idea is to shine a light on people that are doing exploration type of work. Uh, it could be actually inside or outside the business. Obviously, there's some advantages to sharing success that's inside the business. Um, but make this a regular a regular part of uh, of what the innovation lab is about, and uh, and sharing this out will. Uh, again, bring new people into the community. Your focus is bringing these abilities to the core. Um, and so you want to, again, make sure that you're inviting them, but also providing examples of uncertainty in the core that can be helped with exploration skills. And so they don't often think about in the core in the back office, they don't often think about the challenges that they face as being uncertainty. But like I the examples I gave with human resources, it's just massive amounts of, of, uh, of uncertainty. And so you can imagine that given the right opportunity and the right training, your HR team could act like a quote unquote startup and, and develop empathy for hiring managers that are internal and, and running experiments to try to figure out what are ways that they can improve the hiring process, for instance. Um, and so you want to bring the core into what you're doing and you're focusing on the uncertainty that's in the core. And, uh, and really, again, it's kind of anathema to, to quote unquote innovation, but you really want to, you want the impact to be as near term as possible. The more, the more near term impact you can drive, the more opportunity there is to then start doing, uh, uh, the longer term focus. So uh, finding finding leaders, obviously, that buy in is going to be, uh, they're going to be your allies down the road when you need some funding or perhaps kicking off uh, projects that, again, will allow you to demonstrate the impact. Um, you want to start running, if possible, workshops. There's probably not an internal accounting mechanism that justifies this. So sometimes you have to do some extra work or find some off time to 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 do some of that, but th again, it's ways for you to expose the 
the principles, the learning, but also to have examples of, of impact. Um, you can run friendly competitions. It's sort of like hackathons, but instead of hackathons, you're teaching the exploration skills. Uh, we know generally that there's not a lot of technical risk in developing digital solutions. And so to me, hackathons are often, they're nice for, from a community perspective and from a, maybe an inspiration perspective, but they're actually not de-risking much. And so that it's more important, in my opinion, is to teach the skills of developing empathy and, and understanding the needs of stakeholders and beneficiaries and, and running the experiments and teaching those type of abilities. I think that also it's easy to get stuck on particular frameworks and, and I certainly can understand that myself. Um, but you want to be, you don't want to be dogmatic. Uh, frameworks are meant to be, think about frameworks when they're first taught as being craft. The art is when people, you know, teams, organizations, make those frameworks their own. So what fits in their business model and in their culture. And, uh, and so then those frameworks end up being tailored. And so uh, it's, it's detrimental to the desired outcome to, you know, sort of have an attitude or allow a, a, an attitude to flourish where people are like, Oh, that's not real agile or that's not real design thinking. And so we want to keep these things open and focused on the behavior changes that we need to see in order to get the exploration skills uh, to be to be spread around the company. So the second phase is accelerate. Uh, acceleration probably means that you're seeking some formal recognition and maybe a little bit of budget. I think that you can't necessarily depend upon it. Um, it really, that will be driven by, uh, demonstrating impact. Um, and the impact can be saving money as well as maybe new revenue opportunities. Or, or again, if you going back to the HR example, if you're actually able to improve the hiring practices and HR managers are happier then that's impact. And, uh, since you're doing a newsletter or something and you're shining a light on that, then those are the ways that, uh, uh, budget dollars might come into play. You want to have an expert point of view on the frameworks, but you're remaining again open to the the way people are defining their exploration work, as long as it, you know, broadly adheres to the idea of being truly customer centric and truly testing assumptions and truly leveraging evidence to cut through biases and all the rest. Uh, but those are those are all, you know, sort of it, the 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 North star is the proper behavior. And so how people get there, uh, you remain, need, you need to remain to be uh, flexible in that. Um, you're, you're supplying resources, books, tools, templates, even outside vendors to help parts of the organization apply these, uh, techniques. You can also start, I think, doing the work. So you sell innovation lab services, I think you need an internal accounting at this point. I, you know, I'm not a big freemium fan. You can perhaps do the, you know, the workshops or the exploration days are kind of free, but the moment you're formally working on core business projects to help 
do the exploration work because they don't have the the, the resources or the time or whatever their excuses. I think you need some sort of an internal uh, accounting mechanism. It's a way for you to start demonstrating at least an internal uh, type of uh, return on investment and why you should be uh, funded. Uh, you can also then supply coaching. And, and so this is obviously less hands-on than actually doing the work, but you're working with teams. They're never going to be dedicated in terms of their time in doing the exploration work. And so you have to let that go, but you are uh, coaching them through using these techniques to drive impact. And again, I think that they should, it should be supplied with an internal uh, accounting mechanism. Uh, you can start demonstrating the use of metrics properly, not only by your coaching and helping these teams come up with the right metrics to be tracking the progress toward the desired outcome, um, but also you're doing that with your innovation lab services that you're offering um, these groups. So you're, uh, what is the change in behavior that you're seeing among the teams that you're coaching, among the leaders that own those resources? What is the behavior change that indicates that you're making progress with your exploration uh, uh, teaching and, and coaching? and um, so making those public, making those being transparent about those numbers. And you, of course, are hopefully operating in that exploration way so that you're iterating even on the way that you're, you're providing those services um, to improve so that you, your metrics are actually improving month over month. So the third phase is scaling. There's two parts to it. The first part of scaling is, is pushing. Um, and so you are... Really, that's the proselytizing part of it, right? You're pushing these into the core business. Um, at this point, you're you're you need to get some sort of formal recognition. Hopefully, there's even a formal advisory board for how to uh, scale this inside your organization. Um, and this is where you are adopting some branding. I think uh, the branding is uh, is starts. You know, the difference between the craft and the art that I was talking about earlier, the way you close down some of the dogmatic or, uh, takes on the different frameworks is you're starting to adopt your own and you name it. Uh, Humana's was Fast Start, uh, American Families was Ignite, ING's is Pace, uh, GE's was, was uh, Fast Works. Uh, Procter and Gamble's is growth works, I believe. So you, you increase this, create this internal branding so that, uh, you don't have people going, oh, well, this is not really safe, uh, implementation of agile. And, uh, you have your own version of it, which also is inspire inspiring to people that they, they feel like the company is taking it seriously enough that they've developed their own methods and that people have put thought into making these methods. Uh, tailored to the culture and to the to the the mission of the business. So uh, the early part, you're doubling down on what's worked in the acceleration phase, and so maybe you're not you're not quite as broad in terms of the different frameworks there. You're you're or the way it's being implemented, or the way you're shining a light on things, or the way you're pushing it into the core. So you're starting to 
uh, narrow down uh, on what is working and who are your allies and how do you leverage them to uh, get this behavior to more people. Uh, establish internal growth boards. You can call them anything that you want, innovation boards, but the, these are people who are not sponsoring p- particular projects, but come from the leadership ranks who are uh, judging really based upon evidence how these ideas are faring and whether they're worthy in the, in, in the board's opinion uh, of more funding. So just, um, just like a, a startup in, investment board. Now, where that investment money actually comes from, it could come back from the sponsor based upon the recommendations of the growth board. It could be that there's an internal fund. So there's various ways, various mechanisms of, uh, of funding uh, projects that are approved to go forward. Uh, you, you're focusing on um, bringing new leadership skills. So you're training senior leaders uh, how to operate on these growth boards, but also how to lead and manage in new ways. They've got maybe more agile teams that are are underneath them. And so, you know, there's a freedom of these agile teams to self-organize, to work in the way they think is best in order to achieve the outcome. There's this collaboration that needs to happen in determining missions and metrics and those type of things. So uh, new skills need to be brought to these leaders into management. And so I think that that's the responsibility of uh, the center of excellence, or perhaps uh, vendors approved by the center of excellence. Um, so you're you're bringing uh, more formally, perhaps the pushing the exploration skills into the back office. They're not probably going to be the first that raise their hand. So I think that you're actively getting approval and permission and and a, me- a means of uh, going to the legal department and finance and IT and uh, marketing and HR and these different functions, supply chain, even uh, manufacturing, even, and you're bringing these skills in there so that they can actually provide uh, better services to their internal customers. And some of these services that they're going to be, be providing uh, dovetail right into the second part of phase three, which is now you're pulling, you're getting pull from the organization rather than just pushing. And when you start getting pull, the center of excellence actually starts to shrink. So you're n- kind of not leading the effort anymore. You're providing uh, r- the resources supplying are different. You're maybe not doing the exploration work unless it's really more traditional innovation unless it's you know some of the stuff that's years down the road because the core business themselves are now learning how to pl- apply the the exploration work on their more near term uh, uh uncertainty and the back office that you were uh, uh bringing into during the the push for it phase is now establishing new systems and scaffolds that protect the exploration work, and this is with your your guidance, and so the systems are 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 processes. You know, they're formal company processes that reinforce what I call this rad behavior. You're building resilience and awareness and dynamic behavior into the organization, and your back office functions, all of these that are uh, functions that are supposedly 
you know, the antibodies that won't allow this change are actually codifying the ability to change in the organization. It's super powerful. And so the scaffolds are these means of protecting those parts, this, those new ways of working. Um, and so you need, you know, at this point, you've got senior leadership buy into all of these principles. And so you've, you need, you absolutely required in order to build these mechanisms that don't allow legacy systems to break down or destroy this new exploration uh, behavior. So, uh, your support has, uh, transferred to the core doing a lot of the work um and so you're there as maybe sort of at a consultant level not even a co coaching level and perhaps again there's vendors that are involved that are approved that that can support the core doing some of the work um uh and maybe then there's an internal coach the coaching program so that instead of just coaching how to do exploration you're coaching how uh the core can support their own parts of the organization in this behavior. Finally, we get to this endure phrase and this endure phrase is phase is really the company is is working rad. They're resilient, aware, dynamic. They've got change built into the the culture. And so the last step or the last thing you start seeing are the governance mechanisms that are also reinforcing rad that you know your m a leverages rad uh that you have what i call a needs portfolio management that covers the entire company uh not sort of product management or or product portfolios that are in, different than innovation portfolios and that they're really tying back to the very core needs that the company serves uh your hierarchy will reflect uh, the hierarchy ladder. So how people move up in the organization will uh, reflect the RAD uh, principles and mindset. Um, the natural behavior that you see output of the way the company is structured uh, produces this a balance between execu execution and exploration work. So you don't have to convince the core team to do exploration. They already realize and understand and know how to do it. It's built into the organization. Uh, a great sign that you're in the endure phase is when you have a CEO change, you have senior leadership change, and yet the rad mindset, the rad behavior endures that change. Um, you see it reflected in the culture, uh, you see it reflected in the diversity of hiring, in the leadership development, in the diversity in the ladder, and uh, you see it in the training programs that are very core and basic to the business, um, and you see it uh, on how people are, are, are promoted inside the organization. So those are the four phases. Obviously, this is a super long journey. Um, Ironically, uh, the, the success of the evolution means that innovation teams actually kind of get, get to go do the innovation work that they were hoping to do to begin with. In other words, what, what might be down the pipe five, six, seven years product-wise. But you, again, you, you only get there if you're, if you're, I think, helping exploration in the core business today. 
Um, and so when you get to that point, and even it, you know, it starts happening probably before endure. It's an it's an evolution. Uh, but innovation teams will be responsible for the tech and startup scouting, so stuff that really isn't going to affect the business for more than five years. And they look at they're the ones that really lead the effort of needs portfolio analysis, and not just looking at it from the the product point of view needs portfolio analysis is a customer centric approach to product portfolio management. Um, you're leveraging uh, demographic research. So you're looking at macro trends, demographics, and how that affects how needs uh, will be uh, addressed in the future. And the bottom line, bottom line, innovation must take care of the core before working to replace it. Innovation must take care of the core before working to replace it. So I'm going to leave you with that thought. Uh, the future of Innovation Labs, it starts today. It's a long journey, but it really is the way that these you know, old school companies, these legacy companies are going to be able to transform themselves uh, from this hierarchical command and control product-centric uh, structure to one that is resilient, uh, you know, able to uh, be aware of disruptions and changes that are incurring in customer needs and, and, uh, and you know, other disruptions like supply chain attacks and ransomware and, uh, and all of these other things that are just rippling across our economy that's reflective of the digital age. And so uh, the resilience and the awareness and the dynamic ability to change what you're working on uh, is reflected in, uh, in all of that. So I leave you with that thoughts. Uh, thank you uh, very much and, and look forward to speaking with you again on the next episode of the Disruption Proof Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Disruption Proof Podcast. My mission is to help as many business leaders and startup founders as I can grapple with the increased complexity and uncertainty in the business world. It would mean a lot to me if you could please leave a review of the show and share it with friends and colleagues. Wishing you all the best and remember, be kind first.